0: Welcome to the Podcast Maneuver, the officially unofficial podcast for Star Trek Picard on Paramount+. I'm Jim. I'm Aaron. And today we're talking Season 3, Episode 10, The Last Generation. It's the finale of Picard. Uh, Star Trek Picard, the finale of Picard as a character, maybe? Probably? Uh, Aaron. It's been, what, 30 plus years in the making, 35 years How did this episode strike you?
1: I actually thought this was a pretty stuck landing. You know, I I don't know that it's perfect. I don't know that this season's been perfect. Certainly the series has not been perfect, but I... (laughs) Sure. You know, again, all all I really wanted from these Star Trek Picards is see my old favorite heroes in kind of sort of the shape they were in, doing... saving the universe... And themselves with quick thinking and affection for each other. And that's pretty much what this whole episode was. Again, I I hope we're done with the Borg as like primary antagonist if they want to mm-hmm. like um Jirati it up and have them as like uneasy allies, kind of like maybe the the Klingons were in the next generation that would be interesting, but like they have so fucking bent the Borg out of any kind of shape that they were originally (laughs) into. They're now sure literally space zombies that I, that I hope that this is the conclusion of that as well. Um, But yeah, I, I, I I thought it was, I thought it was pretty fucking good. What about you?
0: Yeah. I guess when it comes to the Borg, all good things are destined to be overused until they suck. Uh, But you know, it, it didn't suck. Definitely, um, I really enjoyed this episode. I think as a fitting, it is a fitting end to the Picard story. Um, it's one that almost feels necessary, which is probably like one of the bigger compliments I could give this huh. season. Um, I, when when they first started this show, I'm like, well, all good things was such a perfect ending to the yes. Picard storyline. What could they possibly do with this that would make it any better? Add to that as opposed to just be more. And I think they got most of the way there for me. I'm, I think bringing Jack into this equation and the Borg back again kind of gave Picard another layer to his life uh, that we could examine. And, you know, in in all good things, right, he he comes to appreciate just how much his crew has meant to him over the course of his career, um and his time with him. But in this he comes to appreciate that that was that there was still something missing there, right? And it because he had devoted his entire life to his career, he had missed out on the 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 sort of intangible emotional quality of I guess being a father here. Um and I, I found that pretty compelling for Picard as a character. Uh he there were there were two parts of his personality that he kind of like put at a distance which was the emotional connection to his peers or his crewmates and then any kind of romantic connection to anyone, right? I mean he always pushed that away as as oh, much yeah. as he possibly could. So like this felt pretty not necessary, but it like it did add something to his story. So I kind of I kind of think it worked. And like you said this series was not always good. it was in fact at times pretty rotten um this last season has been a big step up from the first two and I don't know if that is owed entirely to the old cast coming back, but a big part of it is definitely that nostalgia for me
1: yeah i mean i think as as we previously talked about uh there is a, a little bit of a shake up amongst the the main you know brain trust in the star star trek right. uh or at least that's what I saw reported. So I think that had a big deal. Um, I think that, mm-hmm. yeah, the cast coming back and giving a fuck. Um, uh, it, it's it's good to hear of like a big union like this where there's no like been egos. And there's no complaints about salary. So I don't know whether
2: mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> they're just all grateful to get something or Paramount took care of everybody sufficiently. But I will say this, too. That like this is the one inner this is the one Star Trek crew that always has kind of like loved each other. Like the main bridge sure. crew, all the named characters just love getting together on conventions and pounding around. They're in each other's weddings, they go to each other's Christmas parties, and mm-hmm. I felt like the last five minutes of this show, they just 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 set up a camera and had these people just <laughs> improvising stuff in yeah. their characters, and I thought that was cute. But like yeah, and I think that when you said this is necessary, it's like, I don't know about that, because like I said, all good things it, it was totally. perfect unto itself. But, uh, you know, the voyage of Picard didn't end there, and they introduced mm-hmm. this fear like this. They they reintroduced this fear and this unprocessed trauma with the Borg. And I think one of the things that they did very successfully on this show is have Picard finally face that down and find something that mm-hmm. was greater than himself, the sacrifice for I again if I If I go way back and I remove And think it does this all make sense Like Can you as a father step into A room with a 25 year old son that You didn't know existed five Minutes ago and he's kind of a Brash cocky asshole Giving mm-hmm. you shit and you just like fall In love the way you do when they Put some kind of squirming human Larva in your hand uh, hands On a sure. hospital instantly yeah. Does that really work like that Cause like, that's what Picard posits, but shit, you know, after 10 episodes, uh, they have kind of told the story that, that Picard is just as committed to Jack and loves him just as much as Beverly does, Mm -hmm. who's been with him his whole life. So if, if you go along with that, I think all these emotional beats work really well and, uh. Yeah, there's also, like, just, just everyone had, like, a little tiny moment of something, except for maybe Worf. I think Worf was the most underserved of the characters in the back half of the season. Well, because they tried to give him his moment with Rafi,
0: and nobody cares about Rafi. So.
1: Exactly. <laughs> exactly um but everybody else like data had the moment of like you know like data's always been the guy who suggests helpful things and we never really make you know he never really makes rash decisions or whatever and he has to ask them to trust him trust his gut Mm -hmm. you know um you know, Jordy got his girls back and they got unborgified and he's back at the museum. Like everyone had this kind of little arc that they completed. Uh, Riker processed the trauma over losing his son, and him and Deanna are back to being the top
0: tier red belted power couple that we always love them being. Um, yep. And still, one year later, I don't think have gone home to see their daughter. <laughs> Riker's still hanging out on the bridge uh, in a museum, so
1: I think there's going to leave her
0: at the feral Poison
1: Rat Rabbit World. I uh-huh. think, yeah, they're just yeah. like, you know what, we were She's better without kids. Oven. She'll be yeah. fine. <laughs> yeah, right? We've, yeah, we lost one. There's a there's a Romulan security apparatus installed in the house. She'll be fine. We'll just mm-hmm. we'll just have a wine tour of the galaxy of the Alpha Quadrant for a couple <laughs> years, and we'll come back and and enroll her in Starfleet. She'll be fine.
0: Yeah, uh, I, th- I think the the stuff they did with the irremotic syndrome ended up working for me, um, and, and ended up making me feel like I could buy the connection between him and Jack a lot more. Uh, if, if he hadn't passed oh. on these traits, you know, to his son, that he was so worried about himself, I think that wouldn't have quite have hit as hard. But because they did, you know, both the Borg thing and also his just kind of general detachment from people um, as passing on both of those things to his son. I think that really served to connect them um, or at least connect Picard to Jack.
1: Yeah. They might be hinting that there is some kind of subconscious connection, you know, between oh, Picard maybe, yeah. and Jack the whole time because of their Borg uh, hardware
2: mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm.
1: that ties them together. Just the way that Jack heard the Borg queen his entire life. I wonder if they're actually suggesting that I I wish they'd come out and said it, but like uh, they're suggesting that the Jack has heard the call the Borg Queen almost his entire life. And that's been uh, countered by his mother's presence, his actual mother's presence. But I wonder if there was also something about Picard that was kind of like balancing that out, too. Um, Yeah,
0: possibly. Yeah, I know, no, this is really like light,
1: literal light years beyond season one and two of Picard in terms oh, of yeah. like, you know, being satisfying, being fun, not getting in its own way, not being uh, giga cringe. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, it's it's just really good. And it's been I and then let's let's I want to talk about the Enterprise D. Uh, uh-huh. Some of the hero shots of that ship and early goings of this
0: episode were just tasty. Yeah, tasty. Yeah. I found myself rewinding those scenes just to get a better look at it.
1: (laughs) Yeah, because I don't think we've even in the upscaled like stuff that you can get on Netflix and whatnot and on on Paramount Plus, this model has never been this detailed, Mm -hmm. you know. Uh,
0: it's it's just yeah, yeah it, or where just... you can see like the the bridge crew walking around inside of it as the camera flies by, right? Like yeah, it's something they, they did in the
1: intro to TNG. You uh, know, like 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 the, the that's something with I they 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 threw ILM like a million dollars to make thirty seconds of film and they came. On. But this is <laughs> and like used yeah, for eight could... years, yeah, it's so great. It just it just it just looks amazing, and and it was doing like some really heroic actiony stuff, like that sequence mm-hmm. where Beverly does the stray firing and. Data is like doing Millennium Falcon into the Death Star 2 superstructure. Mm-hmm. Action. I mean, a lot of this is very derivative and homage to other great science fiction franchises, but that might have been intentional. Yeah. You know, maybe Star Trek is offering an olive branch, a snake leaf pipe towards the <laughs> Star Wars fandom and being like, yeah, hey, you know, we can cooperate and share. We don't have to be mm-hmm. hostile
0: towards each other especially now that star Wars has been brought low. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There are a lot of homages. There's actually, um, I was reading some stuff about TNG cause naturally you have to go back and like compare the two. Right. Um, mm-hmm. I was reading some stuff about it where they had a first kind of draft of this thing. And it took a long time to write that they had a first draft of TNG's finale that included a lot of things that we saw in this season of Picard. Um, Apparently like the the idea of like taking stealing the enterprise out of a museum was in that that sequence uh the, the those timeline kind of things they were doing and mm. uh, all good things. and so was Picard coming back as lacutus of Borg and spending mm. some time there. so like it, it felt to me like they were putting a bow on the entire series by like paying you know very subtle very very like an homage you wouldn't get unless you kind of did some research and looked at okay what were they going to do in the original finale uh, i thought that was pretty cool did you see
1: the after credit sequence the one with q yes yeah yeah cuz it was you have to go through a lot of poker uh huh to get to that <laughs> you have you to do. go through a lot of a lot of overhead
0: but to uh, be poker shots you're also going through the full TNG theme. Yeah, which, unedited. Uh, how could I not sit through that? It's, yeah. a, it's
1: beautiful. It sounded it sounded great on my sound system in the living room. Mm-hmm. Um, and I guess that is, I mean, we have a potential Star Trek legacy future here with Jack Crusher and, uh, you know, Jordy's kids on the, the bridge and you got Seven and mm-hmm. Rafi uh and and I the, I could see them interfacing with different original cast members as needed um mm-hmm. I think that's a and, and with a new trial of humanity put on just for the <laughs> yeah.
0: just for the scion of Picard like I, I it feels I, unfair it feels unfair to continue to test this family right for the fate of humanity
1: yeah, is there no one else in Starfleet is there no Andorian? Mm-hmm. <laughs> that needs a test. Is there no the Vulcan, Vulcan? Right. Thiolian. Is there no really? It's just humanity that needs our ass tested all the time. Okay. And just Picard. Yeah. Just and the just Picard a, yeah. family. Yeah. Just a faky Frenchy British aspect of Federation
0: needs to be n- needs to be interrogated in some manner. Uh, yeah. But they did bring back Q, which was you know, I guess surprising considering we all thought he was dead. But we think lip. Uh, you know small linearly uh like mortal beings yeah yeah for sure they don't elaborate on that
1: yeah but that's always q right this could be q yep. this could be the son of q honestly sure and what does sure. that even mean you know that there's more than one q it's a cl- so yeah it's uh i am i cannot believe how much this i i just can't believe how much like strange new worlds and this have completely turned me around on star trek's future yeah, uh, yeah, they need the right people on top, banging on the keyboards and writing the scripts and coming up with ideas. But there is still a lot of a lot of legs left in this franchise, mm-hmm. uh, and I would be glad to watch more of this of of the Enterprise G now. <laughs> uh, yeah, god goddamn uh, Captain Shelby. Finally gets her hands on an Enterprise and it gets out of the dry dock for thirty seconds and gets blown up by fireworks on the Borg. I don't know. Yep. Um but but fuck that, that Enterprise F was designed for everyone to hate it mm-hmm. so that no one has a problem when they rename the Titan <laughs> the Enterprise G.
0: Yeah, might still have a problem, but we'll we'll talk about it. Uh we should probably get into the recap. Yeah. <laughs> yeah probably no let's let's fuck it no recap we're just gonna it's just vibes
1: just vibes in This <laughs> <All> episode.
0: <right. laughs> yeah, we'll, yeah we'll save that for the wrap up that'll be we the sh- vibes episode
1: we should probably do a, a, a recap yeah. yeah set phasers to add we'll be right back
0: And who knows, that dedicated fan could even be you. Treat yourself. Check out support.baldnew.com for more info.
1: Captain on the bridge, welcome back to the podcast maneuver.
0: Uh, Okay, we start off with uh, Earth being overthrown by the youths. President Chekhov, who I think might be voiced by Walter Koenig, it's... It's tough to tell. Ooh, he wasn't credited on the voice. Oh, he's not? Okay.
1: Maybe See, it's I, not him then. I thought this was um, representing kind of like the fusion of Chekhovs. So you've got the old uh-huh. Chekhov. Uh, you've got the the J.J. The, uh, Abrams Chekhov. You know, obviously, this is supposed to be uh, from a long line of Chekhovs from the, the original Pavel. This is Anton and also gives like a nod of respect to the reprisal of that character with Anton Yelchin and he was you know tragically struck down in his prime. Mm-hmm. I thought it was pretty cool. This is like the grandson of Pavel Chekhov, and he's the president Probably. <laughs> he's the, the president the, of the
0: Federation. Yeah, the whole Federation. Uh I don't know, he's he's trying to defend Earth, but it's not looking good. The Enterprise detects a Borg signal near Jupiter that's controlling the fleet and they head toward it and when they arrive they find a Borg transorb conduit embedded in the gases of Jupiter. They listen to the signal it's sending, and they find that Jack is the one sending the signal. They decide we gotta sever that connection, no matter the cost. Yeah, the Borg just chilling in the Great Red Spot, the yep. the,
1: the, the the hurricane that's been, been raging mm-hmm. on <laughs> Jupiter for hundreds of years. Uh, last I read about the Great Spot, scientists think it might be dissipating.
0: Did you see that? Oh, finally.
1: I thought it would be interesting. I thought it was actually interesting that Star Trek Picard says, no, the Great Red Spot's going to be stable for another three, four hundred years.
0: True. Yeah. We got to keep uh, an eye on it. Make not sure, sure if that's where you want your up.
1: fragile zombie Borg palace to live in the solar system's most intense hurricane on its heavy, most crushing gravity plant, uh, planet that we have. But, you know, the Borg, they, well, they, they, they got their methods, they're inscrutable. Yeah, I mean it's a good place to hide if you can make it work. Um, as as glorious as those model shots are, and I know they're not model they're the CGI shots of the Enterprise D. Uh, mm-hmm. they they kind of went back to Star Trek bridge lighting. Uh, they they turned like a third of the, the two thirds of the lights off for a lot of these bridge sequences. Oh no! Yeah, I wasn't. Uh, it's like it's we on, we only got the full bright Enterprise like at the very end of last episode and towards the end of this one. But eh.
0: I didn't I notice. I was too focused on that that shot of it against the backdrop of Jupiter, which was pretty amazing. It was amazing, and
1: you'll recall in the movies they did this too, or like even when they had the old set, they turned the lights on because they think they make it think they they make they they think that darker equals more cinematic. Sure, and like brightly Bright lit looks yeah. more TV lighting, like flat TV lighting, but. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry. The Enterprise looks like it was shot in a late '80s, early '90s uh, drama type of way, and I, I don't mind it looking that way.
0: Yeah, same here. That's how I remember yeah. it. Yeah. Um, I do wonder how they got this this conduit in Jupiter. Like, did they plant it there a long time ago? Is this something new? How did they get into the system without them realizing it? It's really hard to square, especially
1: with with the Borg Queen kind of rants and raves later on the episode where she's like, you did this this because we were on the edge of space when your virus bomb hit us and we became necrotic and we had nothing to consume and no roads to go back home. And I'm like, well, then then how did you build a transwarp conduit and get your zombie self here?
0: Yeah, I don't know.
1: and then I wondered because there's the scene in The Best of Both Worlds where the Borg cube is advancing through the Sol system, and they're mm-hmm. like it's it's broken through the Jupiter defense fleet, and you see it just cruise by the, the Borg cube, cruise by Jupiter, and like vaporizes if there's shoots a few photon torpedoes at it, vaporizes, it just keeps on moving. I wonder if if you could surmise that the Borg put like a a transwarp conduit right there maybe but then why the hell have they never used it why haven't they used a super highway to <laughs> yeah. the soul system so yeah i don't know that it literally
0: makes sense for this to be in jupiter but it's a cool right. concept and shot battle of wolf 359 is a lot different if ten thousand board cubes come through the jupiter transwarp conduit right right yeah <laughs> it's a little different or the beginning of first contact for
1: example uh yeah
0: yep Yep, uh, but I don't know. It's there if we shouldn't question it too much. It's funny, though, you mentioned Jupiter because
1: we're talking about, like, where do you think this Borg cube is? We're trying to think of, like, a nebula or something. No no one would have yep. said,
0: oh, it's it's the red spot of Jupiter. Yeah, that no, makes uh, makes sense in retrospect. Uh, I was a little confused because Picard in this scene is like, take us in, Mr. LaForge, and he says, aye, aye, Captain, and then they show a shot of the Enterprise just sitting there. For mm-hmm. like thirty seconds. So what did Jordy do when he said "I, I, Captain"?
1: He like touched the forward thru- maneuvering thrusters for like a millisecond, like the like you like you're trying to do the smallest jump you can in Super Mario Brothers, yeah. and the Enterprise's rear thrusters went, and it just so they're gl- traveling at it's going 001 forward six inches per second. second, yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. something like that. <laughs> okay I, I thought the exact same thing dude like take us in and it's like already like amongst the spikes of the cube uh-huh. and like and not you're there moving. yeah yeah we did it. well All you right. know admiral picard's lost a step or two there, so <laughs> things got lost in the, okay. the horrifying golem transformation so it's so just, his crew is just kind of ignoring the orders yeah, they don't think are good the, the, yeah they're processing what you know he's got, okay. he's got he's in the middle of the episode okay. he's gonna say hey i'm not your captain anymore and they're like hey way ahead of you buddy You've uh-huh. already been kind of uh-huh. you've already been kind of on rails, bumper captain. This whole <laughs> this whole I've season. really
0: been listening to Riker the whole time. If He gives me an order, <laughs> I'll do it exactly. Uh, anyway, on the Titan, Seven and Rob here fighting their way to the bridge. They manage to take it and trap the Borg uh, bridge crew in the transporter room. Seven's crew isn't the most highly qualified though, and they try and figure out how to disconnect from the fleet formation signal. Boy. She's she's working with cooks. She's working with uh the dregs of the Titans crew here, apparently. Uh looking damn fine doing it too. I,
1: I haven't said anything all season, but uh, permission to swoon over Jerry Ryan a little bit. <laughs>
0: sure. I think Voyager gave us all permission to swoon over Jerry Ryan for a bit.
1: She looks fucking great. Like there's a like when she narrows her eyes and kind of sets her face and fires a phaser,
0: it's impressive.
1: Uh yeah, and
0: so I'm not the world's biggest Voyager fan, obviously, if you've been listening sure. to this. Um, I'm actually half excited. If it wasn't for Rafi, if it wasn't for Rafi, nothing against Michelle Hurd. She's fine. This character though. Ugh. I uh, think they're
1: if- unfucking Rafi. I'll just put that out there. I think they're doing okay. a lot of unfucking of Rafi in this.
0: All right. You'll have to explain that to me later in the episode. But with uh, <laughs> okay, well, this previous season, she's been very deeply fucked. Oh, yes. They've, unfucked her by the end of this that's the explanation <laughs> okay, that's, great perfect uh i could actually go for maybe a series i don't know how long of a series but a series with the crew of the titan here well excuse me yes Enterprise g yes i i think if they're setting up another show i might be in for it because seven is so good and i've come to like jack crusher a lot and lavar uh lavar's kids
1: and I always like Ed. What is it, Ed Spears? the The guy that plays Jack Crusher. I've uh-huh. I've been a big yeah, fan great. of him since Downton Abbey, and I've seen him in a couple other things. Uh-huh. I think he's a sturdy leading man. Uh, I could definitely. I mean, it's it's. Uh, I don't know about the position they have him in, a special counselor to the captain. But yeah, it, that's yeah. In the they guest guess seat, they could do some really cool things with that. And I and I yeah, yeah. I I agree. I could. I think a series set aboard the Enterprise G would really hit the spot, Jim. Maybe,
0: maybe. I see what you're doing there. I guess. <laughs> All right, let's move on. <laughs> Here, here's another crazy thing about this scene. They just in passing. Oh, oh, okay. Let me, let me preface this. Uh, I was watching deep space nine the other day. And something came up that I had been thinking about for a while. I was thinking about like transporter technology and replicator technology and how they might interface better. Uh, why is it that I need a replicator in my quarters? Why can't I just call say computer rack to piping hot and have a centralized replicator transport that food that drink into my quarters.
1: Huh. That's interesting. It's like the uh, mess hall in Harry Potter, where the goblins are actually cooking the food in one location, and they just magic it up to the tables.
0: Right over my head. No Not idea. Not for long, you
1: about. son of a bitch. We got <laughs> someone commission a Harry Potter film. You're gonna, you're gonna start getting every one of these references. <laughs>
0: all right. All right. Yeah. Sure. Uh, it's just exactly like that. Like, why don't they have a centralized hub for the replicators? That's just a really good question. Replicator and then transport also, it around.
1: Also, if I'm beaming a couple times a day, I, I want uh-huh. a routine where the ship scans my body for nutrients and energy levels, and if I haven't eaten in a couple hours, just top me off, Top sure. me off, yeah, put some food right in my put, stomach. put that glucose, get my glucose right, get my electrolytes right, and then right. then then uh, yeah yeah, and then beam an inert mass of fiber into my belly so I feel full. Mm-hmm. I don't. I don't got time to eat. I don't want to. Talk. In fact, even if I haven't beamed and I haven't eaten, I'd rather go to the tr- transporter pad and have them do a site to site transport to my shift. Like, okay, go from there to the bridge, uh-huh. and now I'm eating. I've eaten, and they can take out a few things. I don't need to piss or shit. Ready to go.
0: That's <laughs> sure. efficiency. I mean, that's a given. That's, a that's given. efficiency. Yeah, we've we've already talked about you know how they they unload the latrines. <laughs> well, it's wide I'm, dispersal. I'm assuming- Yeah, they just, why disperse those across the galaxy? Yep, yep. Uh, Anyway, so all that is to say, I was thinking about that. And in an episode of Deep Space Nine, they kind of do that. They modify a replicator to transport a bomb somewhere on Deep Space Nine. Yeah. And I'm like, well, those technologies are already kind of one and the same. And then here, in this episode, they have, they've taken it one step further with phasers that can be used to transport people. Yeah, you're piping the transporter signal through the phaser emitter. <laughs> that's kind of yeah, that, wild. That's that was wild. I uh-huh. I think again, I think it's cool. Everything they're doing with the, the the ways they're playing with technology here, with the Borg genes being spliced in.
1: I do feel like that's a lot like if you had a 21st century movie where you had like a Marine uh, load a bunch of glass into their magazine and start laying fiber optic cable with the. <laughs> <laughs> okay yeah you're like an m4 <laughs> like, I, I don't know if that i don't know if that checks out there but uh
2: you can maybe I, you know do what? it with a hot
1: glue gun michael okuda we're available to write the series technical manual for picard mm-hmm. host of mm-hmm. dot if you're interested i think we can really we can really break bold new technical ground here
0: i mean i'll 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 volunteer to write an entire star trek series called like engineers or something where it's just a bunch of this it's just a bunch of like in a star in experimental starfleet uh engineering headquarters they will be doing all sorts of research let's say it's at the daystrom institute right okay and they're doing research on like can we make phasers actually transport people Mm -hmm. uh can we can we splice in uh you know food when we're in the replicators that kind of thing Uh, shit get the holodeck involved like you might be able to live an entire life during a transport what if you could live 10 lifetimes during a single transport? You come out the other side of that transport, you suddenly know Kung Fu, right? You suddenly, I mean, holodeck technology has yeah. yet to be
1: explored fully. Yeah. Flip a few bits when you're bra- in the brain when you're, when you're beaming us too. Just have us l- learn things. I want to read a novel every time I beam. I want to read a novel and eat and get all my exercise done. Might as well
2: mm-hmm. j- jiggle those, those
1: muscle vi-
0: fibers, you know? Yeah. Chicken up those tits. Let's do it. Right. Exactly. <laughs> anyway. Uh, yeah. Why, why can't we transport people with phasers? I love it. Um, Enterprise analyzes the board cube. Deanna says Jack is there, but he's totally consumed by the collective. The Enterprise then gets an invitation from the cube and Picard says they have to locate the beacon. The only way to find it is to beam over to the cube. So, Picard, Riker, Worf all volunteer to go, and that's cool. But when Data volunteers, they say, Whoa, 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 whoa. No, you're not coming with us. You stand a bridge, nerd. So, so, I'm torn on this, right? Like, look how much of a badass he was in Star Trek First Contact against the Borg. He really could kick some ass. He's always been, he also Data's got always assimilated. Data's so. always
1: been the best war. Like, no apologies to Worf. Data's always been the best warrior on board Data Prize. Like, Th- this is very true. He could literally rip Worf in half, mm-hmm. like bone tomahawk style, by his ankles. So I I thought the same thing. Like Jesus, you're leaving. Like maybe maybe you take Worf and Data, and you leave Riker to command the Enterprise, and then you got Geordi, the brilliant engineer. But I, I guess sure. Data's lightning fast reflexes uh, came in handy at the end. Which that's always something. Yeah. You remember the episode where Picard has to get them out of some ancient energy sapping minefield, and he's able to do it by just piloting the Enterprise on thrusters, like one bit thing of impulse, and he yes. just kind of glides around. Mm-hmm. It was always wild to me that Picard personally took the steering mm-hmm. wheel when he has a positronic robot right beside him. Like yeah. just put aside that the enterprise computer can't do this better than anyone. <laughs>
2: right.
1: But he, I, I I've i seen this man when he's drunk off of some kind of blood toxin reassemble the ship's isolinear chip core mm-hmm. in like 16 feet. seconds. Put this man behind the wheel. And this episode is a vindication of all those thoughts I had as a teenager.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it all worked out. Like
1: super cool that the old man's taken the Cadillac out for a spin, but you also have this positronic Superman right beside you, so I don't know if you if you really yeah. cared about your ship's crew- your crew's survival,
0: no they ended up putting everybody right where they needed to be, right, or yeah. or in writer's terms like they found something for everybody to do, I guess that best fit their fit their character um. And you know, Data might have gone over to the Borg ship and end up wearing Picard's skin. Who knows? Because that's <laughs> right. definitely a thing with Data.
1: Yeah, yeah. You uh, blow on his wrist skin, and he loses <gasps> his bind for <laughs> half a movie. But there's uh, mm. <laughs> some kids listening. It's like, what the fuck? Uh, yeah, go watch First Contact. It's great. yeah, please. It's a great movie. Um, I You're love the- Worf's yep. continual sexual awkwardness where. Uh. He's like, I'll make it a threesome. And Riker's like, "Do you even hear yourself? <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> first of all, Riker complaining about the 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 sexy talk. That doesn't make sense. Yeah, that's way out of character. Should have been Beverly.
0: Yeah, or he should have just had a big grit on his face, right? Yes, yes, yes. Uh, the other thing about this is you can't all leave. You're on a starship being commanded by six people or whatever. Yeah,
1: it's already a skeleton crew
0: it's beyond a skeleton crew. This is Mm -hmm. the decomposed. This is like what comes out of a crematorium. Right. That's over of a skeleton after it's been burned.
1: Or it's like, you know, the stuff that's like when they say, Hey, we've identified mankind's missing link. And it's always like three teeth and a a jaw. That's what kind of you're, you're,
0: you're on the missing link crew.
1: You're running the pilt down man crew. Okay.
0: (laughs) Right. (laughs) And then half of them are going to go off gallivanting across the board (laughs) ship here. Right, and it
1: turns out it's it's a chimpanzee and pig teeth. Oh my God! There's there's
2: no
0: (laughs) this is no crew. There's no skeleton crew at all. I was worried when Picard said it's been an honor serving with you all that this might be the last time Picard saw his crew. that he might not come back from this? There were some
1: chills moments. Like it's you know, and it's it's this is very fucking. You know, it's but, gentleman. It's been an honor survey. Like, come on. We've seen mm-hmm. this a million times. But Picard saying it with these stakes. And also in this final episode, when I was at, the, at this point, I'm like, is it beyond the pale or is it beyond my imagining that they would like kill Worf or Deanna or Beverly or Picard? Like right. my, the whole time I was watching this, I'm like, are they especially with the last generation? Are they going to kill Picard? i mean they killed captain kirk why not well they, they froze his body in the daystrom black site but yeah <laughs> sure I, sure i i did want like it that's that i i felt like it gave me a little juice because i was a little afraid for most of the crew i could mm-hmm. see them killing yep. off john i could see john franks be like i don't want to do this i love direct and all that stuff but like you,
0: i could have seen it happen with any of them and i think it really worked absolutely yeah if there's ever a time where you were going to you know, put the captain in danger, put these people in danger. This is it. Anybody could go here. Yeah. The
1: other thing is, like, I think this is the episode where uh, Patrick Stewart finally stopped doing the doddering Picard yes. so much.
0: Oh my God. He stepped up this episode, man. And I'm like, I saw this because, like,
1: I've seen him give like long, like he was reading Shakespeare sonnets during the pandemic and his voice sounded strong and all that. This has clearly been a performance he's been doing because like that shit just kind of melted away this episode. And this was yes. visibly older, but like
3: Picard.
0: Yeah. The, the commanding presence, the, 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 the rigid person that he is comes back in this. Yes. I, I am. Yeah. I was blown away by Patrick Stewart, this episode. And I, I'm glad because I hadn't seen that spark from him. Um, anyway, the threesome transports over to the cube and they find it eerily inactive, except for a bunch of cannibalized Borg. Beverly tells him that Jack is down a deck. Picard sends Riker and Worf to shut down the beacon as he goes to save Jack and also tells Beverly, you did everything right. Again, I'm worried about Picard as he's telling people like, (laughs) you know, giving them final, uh, affirmations here. No, for sure.
1: Uh, I always think it's funny. Uh, any kind of science fiction show and numbers, Riker's like amazed at the lack of Borg. He's like, A cube this size should have thousands of Borg. Motherfucker, do you know how empty this ship would be if there was a that like thousands of Borg ab- above a
0: cu- aboard a cube? Yeah, look how big it is compared to Enterprise. Look how relatively inter- empty Enterprise seems, and it has a crew of a thousand.
1: It, it, it like a, there's actually been a lot of videos where people like examine the interior space of the Enterprise and like mm-hmm. juxtapose like a thousand people living on board it. And it is like a it's the equivalent of a ghost town.
0: Yeah. yeah.
1: Like, you know, like I think the average density is like every 50 meters, there'd be a person. <laughs> it's like that's kind of insane. Uh, but the Bork, you'd be even more so, um, mm-hmm. you know, it's like way the, more. So
0: it's 100 times as big as the Enterprise easily
1: yes yes uh so I always think it's funny it's like he should send millions at least but they're like thousands there should be thousands of Borg here (laughs) but it's like maybe they're afraid that they said millions they'd be like there's no way Picard and Riker they'd ever be able to win but like dude you're the one that made the five mile cube like true if you if you want a more surmountable uh villain then don't build your cube so big
0: Mm -hmm. red alert here comes an ad break
1: you've been listening to quite a few bald move
0: podcasts now but you're not in the club oh boy you are missing out not only are all of our premium club podcast feeds completely ad free but we have lots of other great content exclusively for people in the club there's a weekly lunch with Jim and Aaron where
1: we chat with fans about anything and everything from TV and films, food, fun, life
0: advice, and more. But there's also Off the Clock, our premium podcast where we talk about all the shows we don't have time for on our public feeds. Plus you get access to our full spoiler-filled first-run movie reviews of our newly released films. Don't forget Instant Take and Talk podcast where we give our hot takes and discuss television shows with our fans live and immediately after the episode airs with mega shows like House of the Dragon coming this summer, we're going to have lots to talk about. Not to mention access to our fun and friendly community of club members with exclusive discord channels and a dedicated forum. It's one of the best places on the internet to hang out and chat about pop culture. Bottom line, you're helping two regular type guys in the Midwest make the content
1: you like to listen to, which some would say is rewarding to itself. Help keep the lights on and the bits flowing at Bald Move and get some awesome content for yourself. Head to support.baldmove.com to join the club today.
0: We try to make it super easy to support making podcasts at Bald Move. Just join the club. But well, some people aren't the joining type, or maybe they're already in the club, but want to add
1: a little bit of gratuity for an especially great season of coverage or for podcasts that really
0: spoke to them or gave them that bit of support in a tough time. For these and for whatever other reason you might have, our tip jar is always open. Head over to support.baldmove.com and click the donate option to say, hey, keep doing what you're doing. We appreciate it. Once
1: again, check out support.baldmove.com for all the great ways to help me and Jim keep making the podcast you love.
0: Let's boldly go back to the episode. Welcome back to the podcast maneuver. There's a moment here where they get onto the Borg cube and Picard's like, I know where the beacon is, or or, I know where Jack is, I know where that location is. And Riker's like, how could you possibly know? You're talking to Locutus of Borg, man. It would have been the
1: hilarious. Who... It'd been hilarious if Warf had looked at him and been like, "I can't believe Deanna chose you." Like, just like, just what a stupid <laughs> right. fucking what question that is. Yeah. Uh huh. Why? How does he know? How does I don't know
0: Riker? How does he know? Mm-hmm. Uh And then Picard goes deeper into the Borg ship and he loses comms with the Enterprise, but he finds Jack, uh, jacked into the Borg ship, completely Borgified, controlling the fleet. He also finds the Borg Queen, and she welcomes Picard home. I love this. This Borg Queen. That is one fucked up Borg Queen. Yeah. It looks
1: great. Yeah. This rotting, skeletal, ruined queen. uh, Just like hovering over Jack like a spider with all these tubes coming off of her. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. More
0: machine than than person at this point.
1: I noticed that uh, they let Jack keep his hair. Apparently when sure Ed is like, "Hey, we want to shave you," and he's like, "No fucking way, am I shaving to be a Borg?" They're like, "All right, we'll let you keep your attractive hair, and we'll we'll go light on the zombie makeup on you too." Yeah, because yeah. they didn't do it when Jerry Ryan showed up <laughs> at seven <laughs> of nine. She looked full horrifying Borg, bald, uh-huh. modeled necrotic skin. You know, they 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 put their back into making her unattractive. They didn't do so much for uh, Ed here
0: yeah i'm trying to remember if they did that for picard or if he was just like bald enough that it didn't matter did no, they he definitely the... kept his his hair fringe you're right you're okay right. so yeah. maybe it's a picard thing maybe it's like and that his chest family. hair they just don't oh yeah
1: true yeah so maybe that's part of the biological distinctiveness that they like to absorb
0: yeah chest hair and then occasionally oh.
1: very good wavy hair yeah yeah <laughs> if you got good hair the borg will keep you <laughs>
0: <laughs> They're desperately looking for the species that can grow their own hair back. It's
1: like we we really need a species with some chest plumage. Mm-hmm. What do we got in our databanks? Earth. We got we we <laughs> get from we 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 uh similar to that Hanson family. Let's they they got the chest plumage. Let's go after them.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh All right, the fleet is still hammering the space dock. Man, that space dock can really take a pounding. Dude, you're not kidding.
1: I was actually, if this is canon, I was shocked like earth's got to be this like i can't conceive of a conventional alpha quadrant fleet ever taking it down because you'd have to get through yeah. this giant star fleet first mm-hmm. and then hammer on it for hours to <laughs> even get anywhere yeah and that it's was in, impressive i thought it was really cool too just like the intensity of the fire like you see these yes. phasers coming in from the, these grids of ships just and just constant stream of photon torpedoes it it looked And just it's like the Starbase was engulfed in fire, like literally explosions and plasma Mm -hmm. and stuff, but its shields are still holding. I thought that was
0: kind of cool. Yeah, this has got to be the biggest, eh, if if not the biggest and very close to it, the biggest battle I've seen, period, in Star Trek. Yeah. Like I'm thinking Wolf 359 was big, but there's been some big hairballs in
1: Discovery, but also, oh, I haven't been watching Discovery. Yeah, I've just seen some clips of like some of the crazy space battles they got up to in, and okay. in that, but. Uh, yeah, we can do more with CG now, so. Yeah, for sure. But it was impressive, and it made Stardock look like a real badass. Yep.
0: Uh, anyway, so the Titan sees the Enterprise on sensors, and Seven realizes Picard is on their side. She and her crew figure out that the Borg are using line of sight propagation. Bullshit. control Bullshit.
2: <laughs> this is, that is the
0: even... most absurd thing picard has done in three seasons <laughs> uh, line of sight are you fucking e- kidding me i wouldn't even i wouldn't use line of sight on my tv
1: remote <laughs> what does that even mean line of sight propagation
0: it it apparently means like ir shit like if they can't see you they can't control you but what is that like so they can
1: they they're I I'm trying to think of like so what's the control mechanism? The control mechanism is something being broadcast, right?
0: Well, it's apparently directional. it's literally like I it's infrared light I guess that they're using to send these signals because it's line of sight, yeah, implies directionality too. I don't
1: know. There's this like I know you're not on TikTok, but there's this classic TikTok sound that I've never quite figured out where it's like from some kind of, I think, a 70s info documentary about how missiles work. And it's like the missile knows at all time where it is because it keeps track of precisely where it isn't. And that's the only thing <laughs> I could think of when I was watching his line of sight propagation. Like, so uh-huh. the boar can't see you. And just like, ah, oh, shit, we'd love to control that ship that we're still networked to. But yeah. we can't because we can't see it.
0: Yeah, absurd. Absolutely absurd. Um. Anyway, Seven decides to take on the entire fleet and gives her crew a pep talk as they walk into certain death. They cloak, which I guess breaks the fucking telegraph wire that's sending the signals over to the Titan. Right. Uh, Alexander Graham Bell calls them up and says, you're not misusing my technology, <laughs> are you? Uh. I don't know. Yeah. I don't the, know what to say about the scene because
1: I was so pissed off I about know, the line dude. of sight stuff. <laughs> I know it doesn't make any. In I, I will love to grab uh, some of the writers and shoot them full of truth serum and ask them to, on a whiteboard, explain to me how line of sight propagation works and why and, and the board would even use like, that technology.
0: This wasn't even a thing they had to force, right? Like they. They want the Titan to be able to break free of the fleet. But Star Trek has so much technobabble and engineering loophole shit that they could have just said, well, let's figure out a way. And they talk about, you know, tachyons and and neutrons and... Shit like that, and then next scene, it's it, they've solved it. They've figured out a way to We're going to spark a free.
1: subspace pulse. It's going to give us fi- uh, half a second uh-huh. uh, of control, which will cloak and then raise our shields, and that'll keep the Borg. Th- I don't know, but yeah, the point, yeah. Right, well, but we can't
0: maintain this because we don't have enough power to fire the weapons and to maintain the, the field that's keeping the signal out, right? Like a yeah. billion different ways you could have done this, and they chose line of sight. Line of
1: sight propagation.
0: <laughs> jesus jesus
1: maybe they've, they've they've embraced the essential truth of trekno babble which is it just doesn't matter it's all gonna be a bunch of words that you don't understand so it's okay when i don't understand the words i understand
0: these words and like if they said nonsense. we're gonna use smoke signals to communicate uh-huh. like what in space right god i don't i don't even use that on my telephone in 2023 come on <laughs> Anyway, Borg Queen tells the story of how she reconnected with Jack. Uh, she, you know, is gloating about, oh, he found me. And Picard offers himself in place of Jack, but she says, nah, the future of the Borg is evolution, not assimilation. This also doesn't make any fucking sense. Evolution versus simula- assimilation? What yeah.
1: Mean? What? She's like, well, now we can is... reproduce for the first time. I'm like, you still reproduce. You reproduce like a virus. Sure. But like sure. what did you think you were doing when you're hijacking an entire species also we saw Borg babies in best of both worlds
0: I, uh, were those I thought this assimilated was... as babies or were oh, they oh because I mean there is a fundamental difference right like once the Borg assimilate every entity every being in the entire known universe mm-hmm. what do they do they start dying off.
1: You know that's why i thought it was stupid that they don't reproduce like i always thought that maybe they do clone that i, I don't think they literally like have sex but mm-hmm. like is is in in vitro insemination beyond the technology of the borg i apparently they've
0: never assimilated a society
1: that has so once they that assimilated out. everything but so so they're but i think um I did like the aspect of like the Borg Queen's like we're no longer about assimilation. We are now about annihilation. This is not mm-hmm. your old Borg cube look, which will ignore the presence of invaders until you threaten, Like their 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 explicit goal is to wipe out on all, all non-Borg life from the galaxy.
0: Yeah, because they're self-sufficient now, right? They can yeah they can propagate, as she calls it, but um they can procreate. Yeah, make more and- of themselves
1: from themselves. And again, I don't understand how the Borg Queen got here in Jupiter, but, like, the idea that, like, you had this Borg Queen lead an invasion fleet, and then she gets hit by this techno virus that just turns them all into, like, dying, decaying, and she crashes into Jupiter, and she's just, like, all alone for the first time in her life, and, like, that's clearly making her crazy, and then 20 years later, like she connects at a single being and like cling, you know, clings to it like a life preserver and makes that being dependent on her. And I, I that's, I wish, I honestly wish they'd elaborated on that more. That's such a cool concept. Mm-hmm. But like they wanted to preserve the surprise of the Borg for as long as possible. I, I feel like that maybe was a mistake. In some of those middle episodes, yeah. they should have front loaded a little bit more hints. So they could really delve into the codependency that I think they're trying to hint at here.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: But eh, I think whatever. You're right. Yeah, I mean, I would not call this season perfect, but certainly better. Um, I have a question. Yeah. Is Worf phaser-proof now?
1: Because it felt like he took six or seven phaser shots to the core. Like the first one's kind of a glancing blow to his arm, and I thought, okay, well, he's going to be just wounded for the rest of the fight. But he took mm-hmm. like he took several uh, Borg phaser shots to his core, his torso. Maybe he I, has some like uh, transphasic armor. I thought that might be where they're going because they kept on emphasizing that I'm just wearing warf. I'm just wearing Klingon leisure wear. Like I would like to see uh-huh. what a, like a Klingon battle. You know him him going and dressed with like
0: Federation battle armor or something. But and, and it would have been kind of of a piece with you know the the surprise of like Riker trying to pick up his blade <laughs> later like where yeah. you realize oh shit that thing is super heavy right right uh, yeah like you're surprised by that I don't know it, it, yeah I, I didn't notice him taking a ton of shots but I was doing notes most of the time So gotcha uh, the, this episode is going to get real messy here for pretty much this until we get to the Denouement, but like I'm gonna try and recap and break at logical points. But stop me if you want to talk about something, sure. Uh, Worf finds a central access node and they alert the Enterprise to make ready to receive the beacon's coordinates. Uh, of course, the Borg awakened when they whatever Borg are left here that haven't been cannibalized by the Queen. Um, the Borg Queen. I guess wanted tells picard that she wanted him to see humanity's futures end she's talking some smack here yeah that tracks that probably
3: tracks mm-hmm.
0: uh i wonder what q's doing this whole time is he just sitting back laughing just watching these these picards these crushers next generation picard failing the first failing the test with the borg i tell mm-hmm. you <laughs> Uh, The Titan is playing hit and cloak with the connected fleet. See them like decloaking, firing, recloaking, so they can't be, so they can't have their channel changed. Uh, Riker begins the beacon upload. All just very quick shots here. Uh, Mm -hmm. The Borg, the Borg plan. Okay, let's get to something meteor. The Borg plan is apparently, according to the Queen, to propagate themselves throughout the universe uh, by reproducing. Um and the Borg on the Titan break out of the transporter room. And here's where we're starting to like intercut between everything. Worf and Riker are fighting the Borg. The cube inside of Jupiter fires at the Enterprise. Worf takes a shot to the shoulder. Riker has to use his, his hidden phaser to defend them. Titan takes another pass. They're getting weaker. Enterprise destroys the Borg antenna array which I guess doesn't matter. Like the beacon is still doing its thing. What is the antenna array? No, for
1: I think, I think it destroyed the, uh, turret array. I think is what they said that they were getting, they were getting blown. They're getting blown. Well, why
0: don't they destroy the antennas? Because the the
1: beacon, the beacon is what's actually. That's I don't know why this fucking Borg ship is festooned with antennas. Because it seems like the beacon is the glowing thing in the middle, and that's what's actually powering everything. Mm -hmm. But I understood that she's like she disabled the turrets on the Death Star trench essentially, and uh, I don't know. I the thing is, I don't know why it's impressive, and I don't know because like she's like now, Doctor, I didn't have time to fully bring the weapon systems online, so you're gonna have to manually fire the weapons. And the Enterprise goes on this like low altitude bombing run where they're just, just ripping the Borg cube up, and mm-hmm. everyone looks back at Beverly and she's like, "A lot's happened in the last twenty years." <laughs> sure, which makes sense. She's Does been it? a lot of firefights and scrapes,
0: but uh, sh- from, based on what I've seen. Yeah,
1: I just feel I don't know. I just feel like if uh, like if you were the captain, let's say that the ship that she had was very small, was like uh, mm-hmm. a gunboat, you know, like a, a brown water Vietnam era PT. Gunboat, whatever, for swift boat. If you went from that and then they put you on the like the gun deck of an Iowa class battleship, would you be able to like fire its all of its and, and not only that, but fire it to an impressive degree of accuracy mm-hmm. that would amaze even a positronic android? I don't know, but <laughs> sure, I like Crusher a lot, and it was it was a crowning moment of awesome for her. So I'll, I'll I'll we'll we'll let her have it.
0: Yeah, um, I I believe Worf could hit those shots. Why not?
1: Oh yeah, right. 'cause he's he stood by at that console for fucking a whole decade.
0: Yeah, yeah. He knows his way around uh, Enterprise weapon system. But yeah. yeah, I guess Beverly, you know, she's got practice with weapons. She practiced on the holodeck. She that was her there like you go. she
1: was always like, Man, if I ever I'm technically like third in command of this ship. Mm-hmm. If I ever have to and, and Wesley's dependent on me, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna be the world's greatest weapons officer. Yeah. She was down there every day doing yoga pounding and red, practicing weapons Doing yoga, pounding red and blue, <laughs> and doing simulations against three Romulan warbirds, and she'd come out on top every time.
2: hmm
1: Yeah. She beat the Kobayashi Maru like eight the, times. The Kobayashi. I was trying to, the, trying to think of how I could smash up Beverly Crusher and Kobayashi Maru. <laughs> Crusher-Abi Maru. I don't know. Sure. <laughs>
0: um anyway the enterprise yeah destroys those antennas and then they can't get to the beacon because it's buried too deep in the board cube but data's like you know what uh i think i can use my positronic gut to get us there and he convinces the others to go with it it's also buried deep inside me my
1: positronic gut and i am going to use it to find the other
0: uh yeah this is this is the scene what do you think about this uh blade Borff is using being super heavy and also having, it, also it being like the Klingon version of a sword cane. I think,
1: uh, if Klingons are so badass that they can effortlessly wait weight- wield a blade that like makes a physically powerful man like Riker like like Jesus mm-hmm. Christ, this is heavy. I I feel like there's no way. I, I think about all the times I saw like Cisco you know, double hand overhand Federation chop these guys and just lay them to the deck. I'm like, Uh how? And they're like swinging (laughs) 60-pound swords with no problem. How in the hell are you doing that? But it's... Yeah. It's kind of... I mean, I I, I like the swords are fun. Like, the idea that even in this... (laughs) Even in this life and death thing where the whole galaxy... (laughs) is is at risk that he's essentially f- fighting left-handed just because yep. you know i'm a warrior and even th- yeah i mean it's absurd right it's fun for him it's they've almost gone too far with warf this season
0: a-, a little bit yeah
1: like michael dorn can you not advocate for your character's dignity <laughs> you know <laughs> like does he have him to falling s- asleep does in he the... have to snore and drool on the bridge yeah. of the enterprise come on
0: <laughs> come on pretty good it's pretty good. I, I got to say, I do kind of love it. Uh, yeah, it might have gone a little bit far, but eh, yeah. I'll give them
1: that. That's like, I because I remember like back in the 90s, there was all these like cringy reunion shows. Like they had a Knight Rider reunion show. They had a Dukes of Hazzard reunion show. And you'd be so excited to see. But then it's like they have to do, you know, they they have to do the fan service. And the fan service and sometimes come across as like Jesus Christ. And like a few... Sure points in this episode it got to kind of like uh jesus christ levels but you know it's also funny like i said swords are fun to fade the galaxy that's funny
0: that's super funny yeah i i think it's funny uh i i did feel like maybe they made the sword a little too heavy but a little too
1: heavy What, what do you think about deanna sensing joy from the positronic
0: i don't So I got to remember, he's like a, he's a golem, right? He's not, he is positronic, I think, but he's also very close to human. So I, I don't know what Deanna can and can't sense, but apparently. But she's definitely
1: seen that some species are harder to read for her than others. Totally. Which implies that there is something. This isn't a mystical power that Beta Zeds have. They have some kind right. of biology that allows them to pick up on the mental patterns and wavelengths of other. And and you know, amongst Beta Zed, it's as easy as having a conversation. And others, it's more difficult. Mm-hmm. And with but data, we, it was
0: kind of impossible before, right? Because
1: right? he doesn't have he doesn't have any biological equipment. That's still yeah. true. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. It's like it's like well, like a twenty first century doctor can't hook. The card up to like an MRI
0: and tell that he's a robot. So, like, I don't know yeah, what they've any blurred of that, means. that line considerably between positronic matrix and human mind. Yeah. And I don't, I don't know where to come down on that. And they, if they have old Brent
1: Spiner still like data style kicking ass, like, I, how can his muscles be bigger and stronger than a regular sized human and yet still not be able to be detected in an MRI?
0: Mm hmm you know Mm -hmm. like muscle density yeah
1: or like can you run through a transporter skick into transporters to tell tell if he's a it's i yeah i don't i don't know about all this i don't know about all this uh biological technological but but whatever the innocence is joy from data good good Mm -hmm. for both of them i love that for them
0: uh so
1: the yeah. really funny part was when Data, like after he ch- uh, convinces everybody to trust his gut, he goes, all right, here goes nothing. And Deanna's <laughs> like, what What? What do you mean by nothing?
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> Relax, uh, meat yeah, sack. we're going having gonna be... fun too. <laughs> Relax, meat sack. We'll be fine.
0: <laughs> uh-huh. they, I mean, Worf's out there having fun. Data's having fun. Yeah. These guys are, are less concerned about the fate of the galaxy, more concerned about the fate of their afternoon. Keep it loose. Keep it yeah. loose. Anyway, the space dock is destroyed, and the planetary shields are down. The fleet targets every population center on the planet. Titan's cloaking device is destroyed by the youths. Uh, Picard tries to unpack Jack from the collective while the Queen warns him that that will kill him. Um, he's too he's too far gone, just like yeah. Worf predicted. Uh, th- this this
1: series has a very strong opinion of what happens when young people organize and take effective political action together. It's not oh, it good. It has it. to be put down immediately.
0: Immediately. Yeah. yeah. To get that out of here. The youths are destroying the olds. We can't have that. Beam them directly into jail. That's what
1: they actual. that's what the old people actually do. That's the young people do. running amok. They beam them directly into
0: prison. Mm-hmm. So they can be dealt with. Um yeah, the the youths are are headed to the bridge once again and the fleet is locking on. Everything looks bad. Not the youth. Yep. The youth have destroyed Also, is Space
1: Doc canonically uh (laughs) staffed entirely by fossils? They'd have a youth uprising on Star yeah
0: Yeah. Uh, I, I imagine Jordy's museum probably survived pretty well. There's probably a lot oh, well, of old sure. fogies there. Right? Yeah, you're not gonna
1: catch anybody under twenty-five in a space museum. But nope. Uh, <laughs> what about yeah, StarDock? You just uh, you got to be thirty-five years or older to be a, a member of StarDock. Yep. No babies uh, on StarDock. They don't have any family facilities. Get your children. No classrooms on StarDock.
0: Or maybe, or maybe people just hadn't transported. To the space dock, maybe they all took shuttles up because it's just oh, from Earth, right? It's just going true. into orbit. It's like, uh, I don't yeah. know. It might be fun to take a shuttle up there. Yeah, it's like taking a train, you know. Mm-hmm.
1: it's uh, it's, it's uh... Yeah.
0: get to see the countryside.
1: Yeah, take take things slow. Ah, you know, it's been a while since I've seen the curvature of the Earth. I'll get take a shuttle. Atmospheric
0: friction. Yeah, I mean,
1: shit, you don't get that in a transporter. Hell no, I want to experience turbulence, so I'm gonna take yeah. the shuttle up
0: this time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> on a planet where they have transporters outside of the office to beam you back home. Literally. After your shift is over. <laughs> yeah. Literally. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Maybe they're not taking shuttles. But anyway, the Enterprise arrives at the beacon, but they realize that firing on it would destroy the cube along with everyone on board. Jordy tells Riker and Worf to prepare to beam up. Um, but Riker can't leave Picard. And Worf decides, you know what? I'm going to stay with him too. Perhaps today is a good day. They, they, they keep they do like three variations on that line in this single episode. They do. Like I, I was worried we were going to
1: survive today or whatever he says. Yeah, and Worf throws a fine. It's a fine day to die with honor. Like huh
0: And a with honor. He's adding. Yeah, he's You're
1: festooning. You're
0: festooning <laughs> your phrase, man. <laughs> yeah, that that really it. It's, it's like Ozzy Osbourne. It kind of made me
1: sad. It's like Ozzy Osbourne. He gets up there and he forgets the lyrics to "Crazy Train." Like, come on, man! <laughs> it's a today's a good day to die.
0: Yeah, going off the rails on a crazy train with honor <laughs> and and fine, fine.
1: Going off the rails on this fine train with honor. <laughs> then he bites a head off of a bat, and everybody clapped. It's fine. It's fine. He's got the heavy sword. It's cool.
0: Yeah, I was I was a little saddened by the the muddying of that phrase that they're doing because it's I a was classic too. phrase.
1: I was too. It's like it's like you don't want them riffing on May the force be with you. No. May the energy that binds us together go along with you. No.
0: Yeah. Boo. May the force accompany you on your journey.
1: Boo.
0: <laughs> I don't know. See, this is
1: this is getting me out of my idiot glee comfort zone. I feel like I can feel mm-hmm. the wet diaper. I need I need now. I I need to be changed and burped. Uh, stop stop fucking stop fucking with my nappy time here.
0: This is the big dilemma of the episode. Do they <laughs> kill their friends to save? What I find hilariously is labeled as everyone else in the galaxy, and I get the implication. Except that, for the like, because fuck if them. Earth falls. That everyone else is going to fall. A, I've never understood that. I don't know why the Vulcans and the Romulans and the Klingons can't put up any resistance to anything. Yeah. Because um, we're the best. We're the best and they all know it and as
1: soon as we get down, they're, the Vulcans are like, shit, they took out the humans? Oh my god. They're the closest we have to a barbarian race. We're doomed. We're fucked. We're fucked. We're fucked. We only have sex every seven years, guys. We are not... <laughs> ready to deal with a full-scale Borg invasion, okay? Just we just are. fold up. Fold up shop.
0: Pawn far from prepared to deal with this. <laughs> <laughs> they are. They're so pawn far away from dealing. Anyway. Yeah, Deanna. Is it Beverly or Deanna? I can't remember. That says if we wait, like if, if we fire, we kill our friends. If we wait, it's everyone else in the galaxy. It's
1: Deanna. Because Bev is kind of like quietly oh losing
0: God. her shit at the weapon. Because she is going to be yes. her
1: hands that fire the
0: weapons. Which and I thought I was a nice touch. Yeah, Here in a couple scenes, it's it's kind of amazing. Um, yeah, so Picard decides to jack himself into the collective to try and save Jack. Inside the collective, Jack describes it as where he belongs. And describes it as home. Uh, Picard tells him that he's always felt something was missing from his life until he met Jack. And we get, we get some, uh, is this where we get the scenes from their history? Oh, that's later. That's later. Yeah. When they do the, the, the Care Bear stare or whatever. Um, is this the first time we've seen inside the collective, like what it looks and feels like to be inside? I think so. Um,
1: although like the Picard always made it seem scarier, but this is like envisioning, being in the borg collective like a heroin trip like mm-hmm. you just feel safe and warm and fuzzy and picard even makes that you know like the, no it's not real it's death you know but the i mean it makes sense that the borg could manipulate a being's pleasure centers to make the borg being a borg experience be whatever whatever it it it, it they want it to be right sure
0: and it could be death from a certain point of view right like the death of the individual because sure. you're now part of this collective, and Picard values the individuality of everyone, so yeah, um yeah it was it was interesting to see inside that and to hear the way that Jack described it,
1: yeah, it's like uh, that he's got this community that he's surrounded and loved and carried, it's where mm-hmm. he belongs, and Picard's trying to you know say no, that's a massive cope for you know a lifetime of emptiness that you haven't filled. It is like I don't know if I was like uh." <laughs> taking a strong stance about being child free here where like the cards like even me with a lifetime of accomplishment and good solid friends that have my back at every app and diverse i got different species Mm -hmm. different forms of life as my friend i got this rich experience but honestly jack it didn't mean shit until i met you as my son like (laughs) (laughs) look at how many times i've saved the galaxy right but it didn't mean nothing compared to giving my
0: boy a hug like wow wow yeah as somebody without kids, I find that a little bit silly, but I wa- yeah, I'm that's why I not a father, like... so how can I compare, right? <laughs> uh, you know, it has its moments, right? Oh, I bet. I bet it has its moments. <laughs> but I wouldn't like say my life meant nothing. When your child nothing. tries to take over the galaxy and you can bring it sure. back from the brink? Yeah, that's a hell of a moment. Sure, sure. Uh, but yeah, I, I do like that Picard relates it to his own life. Th- this is what I was getting at with like our preamble here. Uh I kinda like what this has done for Picard's character. This is this is something that, you know, it didn't necessarily feel like Picard was missing, but when you add this, it feels like natural that that it could be something he was missing before.
1: Yeah, I've I've done Even all after my bitching. All good things. Yeah, I've done all my bitching about that I don't like the fact that yeah, because I grew up um, admiring Picard as a positive role model and I thought he was a very composed, intelligent, articulate mm-hmm. uh, caring, sensitive educated person and Picard has revealed him to be a broken shell of a man who's white knuckled his entire existence feeling insecure and paranoid and lonely and like I'm trying to think of like I have come around on liking that because I think this Picard is a better role model for our times the fact that like you know like what they get with date at the end of this episode that like being a human is fucking scary and weird and maybe we can all admit to like not being as command and control of it as we'd like to be uh and not have this giant front that like we're all in control and and all these little vi- voices of self-doubt being like oh i'm the only one that doesn't have their shit figured out sure um, yeah i don't know yeah. uh but it is definitely this is definitely 2023 picard
0: yeah, no, I I like it. I, I don't. I didn't know I was missing this, but now that I see it, I'm like, yeah, I, I guess I could have been missing this. Um, Jordy gives the order to destroy the beacon, and Beverly obliges. Uh, Beverly has to push that button, like you said. That's a man. I I love the way Lavar delivers that line, and the weight the emotional way with which he delivers that line is crushing. Well, he knows he's competing with, uh, Jonathan
1: Frakes, uh, Mr. Wharf. What does he say? Mr. Wharf? prepared a fire or fired the main deflector. I forget what the, the, what he says at the end of best of both worlds part one. Uh, that's oh, like, I don't remember, you know, one of the mother of yeah, all yeah. cliffhangers, he's competing with that momentous kind of like, mm-hmm. you know, uh, and he rose to the occasion. I honestly, everybody's been good, but I thought LeVar has in particular, been uh, a revelation. They never really did much with him mm-hmm. in the movies because, like, getting those, getting the visor off his face honestly does so much for his acting. And yeah. he's yeah. never been more than just, like, a bit player in the movies, but, like, he's really gotten a chance to shine being in command of the
0: Enterprise. I thought he did a lot of really good work. Well done. Yeah, seeing his eyes welling up with tears as he gives this order to kill his, you know, multi multi-decade long friendship here uh mm-hmm. yeah with the visor on his face that wouldn't have been the same i would have yeah. heard it in his voice but seeing it in his eyes is another and those thing cobalt entirely. blue digital eyes are just so striking oh yeah oh my
1: god they look just like he just i can't i can't tear my eyes off of him anytime he's talking he's just like
2: mm-hmm.
0: fascinating to look at um i do wish they had more history with jack and picard to flash back to in this scene because <laughs> they're flashing back to things that happened like a week ago. Like you said, it's yeah. it's pretty fast and furious trying to connect
1: these two. I got it. Got, they got a montage of their 72, 72 hours of uh, positive uh-huh. experience, which lasts about three seconds. And, uh,
0: yep. Cause otherwise they would have just played back the entirety of the, I also think scenes. that
1: they did an underhanded trick where they went and refilled Like, I don't remember him and I don't remember Picard and Jack laughing as much as they did.
0: Shields up. Here come the ads. Since the dawn of time, we've been putting clothes on our back that identify us with our people, our group, our tribe. And while Bald Move might be one of the smallest, weirdest
1: tribes out there, transcending all concepts of border, class, culture, and creed, we still have respect for the
0: old ways. At support.baldmove.com, you can get t-shirts, hats, mugs, and more. We have something for every one of our podcasts, or just wear the four pips of the Bald Move logo with pride. Bald Move merch beats running around naked, and they make a great gift
1: for the Bald Move fan in your life. Join our tribe. Head over to support.baldmove.com and click on merch to start shopping.
0: sentence welcome back to the podcast maneuver. Like I think
1: they used yeah. some outtakes or maybe even filmed like, okay, uh, this this uh, <laughs> tin Ford simulation where you're all about to die. Well, and now let's now let's just do some fun takes. Let's do sure. some, yeah, like give them some bunny. Ears. Like they're doing that kind of like pickup footage because they knew they would need
0: it. Yeah, maybe, maybe I don't remember it being very joyous either. But there uh, might have been a smile. But, or but two. cards.
1: Unconditional. And the other thing is, Picard's offering to, because I think at some level Picard knows that the that he's going to die if he stays, and Jack will too. But he says, you know, like if 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 you don't want to leave, if you want to be left, then fine, I'll stay here with you. That's <laughs> very. I thought that was touching and moving. Because this is also Picard's worst nightmare. Like the rest of his life, I mean maybe his friends fail, and he just stays on is board for us rest so We know what a waking nightmare he considers that. So, um. Yeah. But that unconditional fatherly love literally saves Jack. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, um, we didn't really like recap it, but the the beacons destroyed. The Enterprise flies out through the board ship trying to beam up everybody. Anyway, uh, inside of the collective, Picard tells Jack he's going to stay with him till the end. Like you said, Jack then is inspired to break out of the collective. He unjacks himself and Picard as well. Riker says a telepathic goodbye to Deanna, which lets her pinpoint his location, which I thought was pretty nice. Um, and then the queen curses Jack, telling him he'll always be broken and alone. And Jack says, I'm not alone, as the Enterprise flies in and beams them all aboard.
1: Yeah, re- you know, revealing the queen to be this controlling, emotionally abusive, because that's how she's keeping Jack in, like, you know, without me or nothing. Um mm-hmm. There's Been a real theme throughout all the Picard seasons, honestly.
0: Yeah, um, I and also Worf like is here, you know, uh, saying one final, uh, today is a good day to die with honor. Fine, let's do it. Uh, you just can't take him anywhere without dying with him, expecting to die with honor. Uh huh. Take him to the carnival, he gets on the teacups. Today is a good day to die with honor. <laughs> fine,
1: right? Right, you don't, uh, you know, you've seen the safety records of these county level fairs. Today is a good day.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Um I I also really like how kind of love solves everything like uh Picard's fatherly love saves Jack uh Riker's mm-hmm. love for Deanna and his family allows her to sense him like burns through the interference and allows her to detect him and home in on his emotion uh I thought that was fucking pretty cool and Can we
0: rephrase it as Riker's love for Deanna and his son because like yeah. i honestly don't remember him mentioning his daughter a single time <laughs> one time one
1: time when he explained their absence he's like oh deanna and her are back on this blah, blah 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 right
0: yeah so he remembers he has a daughter but i'm pretty sure he doesn't think about her regularly no at he all.
1: doesn't he's like deanna me and me and the
0: the kid we love will be waiting for you on the other side right no mention of his daughter whatsoever. That's insane. Yeah. What happened in that writer's
1: room? I don't know. They, they, these are the old school Star Trek fans and they hate Picard season one too. So they're just (laughs) like, fuck it. Um, yeah, I guess. I I thought I don't know how this works. I don't know how they're breathing and walking around in open space. Right. Right. Um, and a damage board cube, but it was a cool shot to see the enterprise D just swoop overhead. It's massive. Like a mother hen telling, of mm-hmm. coyote to never speak to me and my chicks again and just beams everybody off and leaves the Borg Queen to die in anguish. Mm-hmm. It's so funny because, like, um, yeah, it's just, it's like, yeah, fuck the Borg. Sometimes, even in in, in in, the next generation, they played with the idea that, like, you know, the Borg are kind of victims too and all that. But, like, you've got everyone from data to, I think, the audience perspective, like, literally saying, fuck the Borg. You know, we've had enough Good. of their bullshit. Good.
0: Look, I, at a, at a point, tolerance uh, becomes too much. You have to deal with a threat, it's true. and the Borg are a, a proven threat. Time and time again, they will not stop until they've assimilated everything in the known universe. Yeah, you got to put that threat down. You have yeah, to. The,
1: the, the, the Borg is a good test case for the the, the paradox of intolerance. Yes, uh, because if you to- yeah, they they if you tolerate them, everyone will be Borg, and then there will be no more things to tolerate. Uh huh.
0: everyone will be intolerant. Yeah. So I I'm I'm glad. Get to that point. Let's just skip all this navel gazing about can we convert the borg? Can we make them good? Yeah, you can save individuals, but the borg as a species are they're, they're evil they're by evil. definition. Yeah. They're evil. Yeah. Uh they're incompatible with free life.
1: Uh-huh. Uh, I thought the Enterprise tearing itself out of the exploding uh, Borg cube like a bat out of hell. Like it's shields flaring and it's dragging this big ball of plasma at like full impulse speed. That was a really cool shot. Uh, And then, yeah, all the youngs, all the youngs de-Borgify automatically. They log off Twitter. They realize that their parents were right the entire time about economics, (laughs) human sexuality, uh, drug use uh and and they're they're ready to fall in line they're ready to be to be mm-hmm. the good sons and daughters that their parents know they can be
3: <laughs> yep yep That's uh,
1: all it takes. this yeah you can't take the cbs out of the show sometimes you can't you can't <laughs> you can't take the old folks out of the of the series it turns out you can call it paramount plus but we all know where it spawned from yeah uh the
0: old's the 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 youths revert back to themselves. The slightly borgified Jack has reunited with his mom. He's still got the face <laughs> implants. That's gonna take some for one surgery. scene. He's gonna lose
1: uh-huh. that shit as fast as they can. Cause they got tiger beat. I mean he's uh, got magazines to sell, I guess.
0: He's got the head of Starfleet Medical as his mom. True. So if anyone going to get that surgery immediately. He's she's got a f she's got like a flat blade screwdriver, just just she's just like
1: taking it <laughs> off, you it know. Off. Yeah. yeah. uh uh-huh. Like you pop it off like the the Vit cover of an eighty five
0: <laughs> on the cord, you know, just sure. Pops off. Sometimes it pops off on its own, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, Will is reunited with Deanna, Jordy with Data and Worf, and his kids via the view screen. And Worf falls asleep on the bridge. <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
1: Um, I don't know. The reunions are nice. Beverly's got mm-hmm. Jack. Will's got Deanna. Data's got Geordi. Worf's got Geordi, too. Uh, and then he just promptly falls asleep. Again, maybe maybe fight. Maybe give Worf a bit more dignity than this. Yeah. Somebody's got to be the butt of the joke. He should just oh what, what what okay what's 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 too much? What if he just farted? He's in the middle of his <laughs> honk shoe, honk shoe, honk shoe, <laughs> and then then Jordy's like looks at him. and Then Data like wafts like his smell like where where is the line, J- Jim? Right. Apparently he th-
0: slides out of his seat and fall <laughs> crumbles into a pile on the floor and nobody wakes. The, him. the, the shits himself like where where is yeah the, the, yeah because I shits think, himself so hard he slides across the bridge carpet yeah.
1: Why can't he just sit there with his friends in quiet dignity? You know he's been the he's been the laughing stock
0: the whole fucking he doesn't understand human idioms the whole fucking season. Let's come on. Come See on. before so it took my second watch to realize what was actually happening here because I thought he was meditating. I thought this was like his you know tea drinking no, yoga doing meditating. He passed the fuck out. But yeah, he just he's snoring. He's passed out. That's wild.
1: Half that forty pound sword takes it out of you that'll do it for
0: sure anyway uh riker recites a captain's log star 1 he declares that he's starting a new calendar oh wow um the the his captain's log says the transporter is being used to reverse all the borg infection admiral crusher is now the head of starfleet medical and she is scanning for all the embedded changelings in starfleet
1: yeah transporter she's she's found something finally found something more effective than the red and the blue just beam shit through and sort them out sort them out all the shit sort them out her and o'brien should have got together decades ago man oh my god and figured this shit out yeah imagine crusher o'brien teleportation services
0: Mm mhm cots uh also there's another detail here the changelings decided not to kill the people that they had impersonated just to kind of keep them in storage for information well because they might need i thought that was
1: actually plausible that's like because they had to continue collecting data to fool people they decided for these high-ranking people that they would capture them rather than kill them
0: sure it makes a certain amount of sense but it's also very convenient to the like big happy ending everybody gets to live kind of thing the weird thing is, is like they play this like Tuvok
1: and Seven are as important to each other as like Riker and Picard are. Sure, they mm-hmm. served on the same ship for years in the Delta Quadrant, but you would never know that if you had never seen the shows. Just by this thing, like Tuvok yeah, don't is get ice cold. Game. They don't get poker game. There's any no there's no, no like and on a personal matter I would like to address how much that I've always loved you like I, there's
0: nothing mm-hmm. like Tuvok is just a dude I thought that was wild He's just there to be Tuvok which yeah which I, maybe I don't know maybe if I were a Voyager fan I might be
1: insulted but and maybe that's the thing maybe they just always had this like icy completely by the book relationship because that was kind of their shtick because I know that Seven is always annoyed by the humanity of her crewmates the excessive mm-hmm. humanity of her crewmates and yeah, I
0: don't know. I'm sure that had to change over the course of. You our, would think, because that's six, character development, seasons. right? It, right, right. I mean, the the Vulcans are there to become more human. That is their whole point. Yeah. <laughs> uh, they they're but,
1: doubling down um, on Shaw and dead though. If they, you know, I still think they can resurrect him pretty easy, but. Uh huh. I was hoping to hear that, like, maybe uh, they because, like, yeah, if, if they wanted to do something last minute to recognize how popular Shaw was with the fan base, they could at least get Jonathan Frakes in a voice booth and have him redo that captain's log so that he could say that. And it turns out we actually dug Shaw out of the wreckage of the Titan when we refurbished it or whatever. I don't, mm-hmm. but nah, he's dead. That sucks. Yeah. Um, Easily the st- most successful new
0: character in Picard introduced. I think so. Yeah. I mean, it's it's between him and Rafi.
1: Or the Romulan <laughs> war kid or the positronic girl. <laughs> I don't remember any. Elnor. Yeah, anybody who's
0: left in this final season. But yes, yes. Elnor I, and
1: Lala or whatever the fuck her name is. Elnor uh,
0: and Soji. Soji? Soji.
1: Also, do you not recall that Picard started this season madly in love with his Romulan?
0: Dude, Laris gets nothing at the end of this absolutely nothing he doesn't go home to the vineyard he's no yeah get fucked laris uh huh what the hell what the hell man i don't know i don't know i mean they forsook laris cuz for they didn't they didn't the, the enterprise d right i guess like, they didn't they, that they, they
1: didn't put him and beverly back together i thought cuz i, I nope. thought it'd be a great scene if like him and beverly and laris were on a shuttlecraft to like take you know, because mm-hmm. she's like the stepmom, I guess. But no, nah, fuck- Lyris just doesn't exist. Yeah, I mean, I guess you can assume he's going to go back to the vineyard. But she was there to give him knows. permission to be awesome at the mm-hmm. beginning of the series. You're not too old, John Luke. Go off. I'll be waiting for you on Romulan, probably. Mm-hmm. Or wherever I'm going. Romulan's destroyed, I think, but.
0: Uh, we worried about, like, oh, what's going to happen? Are they getting a full pardon? I guess saving the entirety of the Federation earns you a full pardon. It does the trick every that single time. Sense. Every single yeah. time. It's a Star Trek IV president. Here's the other thing. You, you talked about uh, things that might be incompatible with freedom, with liberty, with life uh, in a just society. I think denying somebody's resignation is one of those things. that are incompatible with a free life. <laughs> I don't know how, like, I get that this is just, it's you know, kind of tongue-in-cheek. Right. Right. This is Tuvok telling a joke, a Vulcan mm-hmm. joke. But, like, the concept of denying someone's resignation just strikes me as very offensive.
1: Yeah, but, like, Starfleet is a military organization, and that's the one place of society where that's kind of seen as acceptable. Like, once you sign on the line for Uncle Sam or Uncle You're doing Tupac,
0: your stint.
1: You yeah. can't just decide in the middle of battle. You know what? This actually sucks a lot more than I thought it would.
0: Peace, you know, like you're you're kind of you're, you're kind of there, but but saving the entire galaxy, the entire federation does not earn her. It earns everybody a full pardon, but not her. The ability I, I thought to it, I thought it made Seven look kind of stupid. That she's like, oh, but they're well, they're, she,
1: they're, yeah. they're oh, but maybe maybe she's like with Starfleet, like, well, oh, they're going to need some scapegoat, and
0: I'm the one. Sure, that, and she thought Shaw hated her, all that. So right, yeah, it, it makes sense. Um yeah, yeah, uh Tubak gives her the officer review, which is a uh, recommendation to be promoted, and he denies her resignation and gives her the Titan. It's wild we'll that, bit.
1: that Shaw was sticking to the seven or the the uh, Annika Hansen stuff, even though in his private log he'd already started calling her seven of nine.
3: Yeah. Like he just didn't
1: want to give her the satisfaction of knowing
0: that he'd changed his entire opinion about her. <laughs> what a dick. I guess he's trying to keep his crew in line, but I, yeah, it seems real dickish. I Uh, mean, that's not not in Shaw's character. Totally. Yeah, he seemed like kind of an asshole most of the time. Anyway, Rafi gets a message from her son inviting her to meet her granddaughter. Somehow her name got out, out there in the world as being a hero, even though she was doing all this covertly. Worf wonders who could possibly have leaked that information. And they tell each other to never change. (laughs) <laughs> yeah right be a warrior for peace um yeah this uh, is what i mean every they... single classified recommendation uh every single one also i think warranted this is what i mean like they have this season has
1: completely unfucked rafi right Ra- we be- uh-huh. met rafi she's a drug addict uh, her family had turned against her. She is obsessed with this Romulan plot. She couldn't keep a stable relationship. And we leave her. She's faced her drug addiction and kicked it, even, even having to use on the, in the line of duty. Uh, she was completely vindicated about a Romulan paranoia. She saved the galaxy with the full knowledge of her family, which loves her now. And she is, this is the most problematic the aspect. She's the first officer in a starship with her girlfriend slash wife.
2: Oh, I don't you're
0: right. know. I didn't even think. About I don't that. know
1: how that works. Like, I'm trying to think of a, <laughs> how it, the, the 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 next generation would play out if Riker and Picard were married.
0: Uh huh. Trying to think of scenarios where that's even been close to true. I mean, certainly certain crew have had relationships, right? But like, not that kind of relationship. Not in those. Positions. but
1: even like Riker Picard had that conversation about Troy he's like is this going to be a problem that's like, oh, right, all in the right. past we're all fine like it's not in the past we're just like yeah what happens if they split up
0: hopefully they're professional enough to deal with that what happens when we seven know has Rafi's to... professional we know Rafi she's highly professional nothing yeah. would ever cause her to go off <laughs> she's gonna on start tangent. calling she's gonna start calling seven sn uh huh. <laughs> <laughs> Uh,
1: I think it's hilarious. That oh, that's the other son... thing. They, they also unfucked her. She has not said JL this entire season. Oh, that's, that's true. The la-
0: that's the last fucked up thing about her. So done. She hasn't spent much time with him. She hasn't had much opportunity to say JL. And she never will from here on out. <laughs> that's true.
1: And like I said, I like Michelle Hurd as an actor actress. I think uh-huh. she's uh, she'll she's she'll be a very capable Starfleet officer. They stopped just doing st- making her do stupid Starfleet
0: should well until she until she's reading like space reddit and comes across another conspiracy theory and then she's off gallivanting across the galaxy again like hijacking the titan to go investigate like some pizza joint somewhere
1: it's, by <laughs> it's, captain's it's, orders our slash conspiracy is banned aboard the uss enterprise <laughs> i think that's gonna stop her come on just, just have an alternate account
0: Yeah, she's got a line of sight connection directly to the Federation. She should have a new username, not Rafi, not Rafi 6969. Uh (laughs) Throw away, uh, throw away enterprise account. That's all I could think, though, when she's like watching this message from her granddaughter. I'm just thinking she's going to bounce as soon as she gets wind of anything weird. She's gone. Yeah, she's gone.
1: That's what she does. Well, we'll see. Hopefully they got a good ship's counselor
0: uh wharf has never wept which i found interesting it's really yeah it's funny um and deanna we're now well no we're still we're still like this is a little return of the king there's like 17 endings to this fucker um so deanna talks data through the emotions he's feeling now as a new human in overly long therapy session uh, this is a bad therapy session. It really is. <laughs> they make Diana look like a bad therapist every opportunity they get. Look, Deanna,
1: enforce your boundaries, your time boundaries, or don't. But what you can't do is half pay attention to your just tune out your patient and plan your vacation while he's droning on about the existential <laughs> dread of being a human. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's rough. I love them. He's like, I just saw an incident the other day feeding their cat,
0: and I just wept. Yeah. so beautiful like in a spot it's really yeah it's cute uh being human is infinitely more complex than the desire to be human tell and, me about it tell me then, about it and then the cherry on the
1: shitty sunday top is when her husband comes home and they'd start discussing mm-hmm. the condition of their fellow crew member and her patient and she's like well, how is he still bat shit ha, ha. they both laugh like <laughs> oh my god
0: you yeah, catty he's a bitches! Case, man,
1: huh? Yeah, <laughs> boys. Uh, boy, Noon really, really shit the bed on this positronic brain.
0: <laughs> like get sure to scan him, see if he's malfunctioning.
1: This is I finally up. met someone more neurotic than Barkley. Oh God, Bri- Rikers! You mean broccoli? <laughs> hmm.
0: <laughs> Never did stop calling him that.
1: No, nope, no, nope. uh, Riker, giant space bully. mm Hmm. The so one one demerit on his otherwise spotless record as positive masculine role
0: model. He's a bit of a bully. All right, we're gonna jump forward one full date year to date two, I guess. Oh shit. Uh one year later, Picard, Riker, and LaForge reminisce on the bridge of the Enterprise D. Jordy shuts down the ship so it can rest in his museum.
1: I did feel that. So, like, I have a unique relationship with Star Trek. Star Trek was my lifeline to sanity when I was in a deeply conservative, rural Christian part of my life. And I can't – it's yeah. my mom's biggest fucking failure is she allowed me to watch this show, which <laughs> deliberately programmed me to be a compassionate, uh, uh, thoughtful human being and mm-hmm. that to see that as an admirable quality of people. Uh, But like, I felt that when it's like, what would we be without her speaking about the Enterprise? And it's like different, but not better. And I'm like, yes, Mm -hmm. if I had not discovered Star Trek, I'd be a very different person
0: and not better. And I thought that really resonated with me. Yeah. And then that voice, when they say, I miss that voice, you Mm. even get the Majel Barrett. Yep. uh, Gene Roddenberry's wife cameo here through that voice. From beyond the grave. Yeah, who gets paid? Uh, they didn't have any kids. The estate? I don't know. Somebody's
1: somebody legally. What the owns fuck that. does that even mean? The estate? If you don't have any progeny,
0: you'd have to ask someone richer than me, man. Yeah, I true. have no idea. Lawyers. <laughs> I don't probably. have an estate. Uh, it's still like I said. One year later, I assume Riker still hasn't gone home <laughs> to his daughter. She's still there. No, they're still they're still tr- they're still planning a vacation. Oh my god, you're right. right they're
1: uh, still, so they are! It's <laughs> canon that they're just drunkenly carousing around all the holiday spots on why their kid sits at home with the poison rats, rabbits. <laughs> Making poison rabbit pizza. Uh
0: the Picard and Crusher family the familial unit here flies to Space Dock. Jack is nervous for his first days of day of school at Starfleet. He's going to be posted to the latest Enterprise, which is actually the rechristened Titan. Uh, it's Enterprise G. On the accelerated track.
2: Mm-hmm. Is this something track. they
1: just keep in for all crushers? If crushers go through the door, it's like, hey, you're an important person. We'll put you on the one-year to ensign track, and mm-hmm. you just go right
0: to a ship. Yeah, you go, you go to advanced... Uh, Orbital mechanics class, and Mm then straight into the Nausicaan pit. Sure, and then you go to the meditation chambers of Vulcan, and you're good. Yeah. Well, then
1: then you also have to do the one thing where you think there's a meltdown at Starfleet Academy, and you got to drag somebody Mm -hmm. out of a room and let someone else die, pinned between the equipment. Uh, Yeah. Then,
0: then, then you're ready for Starship. And at least one pass or fail in the Kobayashi Maru. Yeah. At least one. One of your – you have to be uh, – it's – yeah, no. I, I I don't know. One
1: more, one more. You have to be in a stunt <laughs> flying shuttlecraft cadet uh, review program mm-hmm. and try to do some crazy <laughs> death blossom routine that kills at least one of your crew members, and you have yeah. to have like a whole court-martial trial where you uh, turn traitor against your unit, and Picard tells uh-huh. you it was the right thing to do. Narking was the right thing to do.
0: Now and, you're ready. And – one more and you have to go from full sleep in one of wesley's giant horrible sweaters to in (laughs) uniform in under 14 seconds
1: yeah it's it's like trying to get out of a net
0: underwater you just Uh uh, you know you have to fight it you have to fight your way out (laughs) yeah it's like the firefighter test where they have to strap on all their gear in a certain amount of time yeah it's just like that except sure out of the sweater Anyway, I don't know how I feel about the Enterprise being, like, recycled as the Titan. I like the Titan. I'm just not sure I like it enough to become Enterprise.
1: It's not the first time it's happened, though. The 1701A was a recommissioned uh, Constellation class. So, like... I thought I always thought the Titan looked badass. I thought I it too. looked it's a sexy sexy starship. It's the right size, it's the right disposition. It's got the right nacelle, the to saucer, the engineering deck ratio that's all important. Um and it it, it looked good with the NCC 1701 G.
0: Like the it just whole didn't plating... feel as momentous as like we've commissioned an entirely new type of ship for an Enterprise like this doesn't feel they did that with F and it was fucked that yeah no well they didn't right it was like a Voyager type ship wasn't it wasn't it the same class as the Voyager no it was like that that
1: guppy looking thing that Selby was on last episode okay it's like the Voyager and, and something else had a baby yeah but yeah. uh i i yeah. it's it yeah I, I, hated I mean that one you're too, right so. i wish they had an entirely different sh- that everyone loved and thought was awesome but mm. barring that rechristening christening the titan which is riker's old shit yeah. too there's like some kind of cool dna there
0: yeah it's it's not bad it's like, in the I, family you know yeah yeah, uh, i agree it, it's not the worst choice um it didn't feel like as big of a moment as i wanted it to though plus the mod uh, the asset the it existed
1: done. it was free
0: very true there i made it uh so jack pretends to be the captain on their shakedown cruise of the newly christened enterprise g but seven busts him down a few ranks uh rafi is apparently the first officer on that ship and jack gets to be special counselor to the captain
1: this is bullshit accelerated track and you get to sit in the this as special counselor as an ensign like what does Mm -hmm. what does crash think about this She's the best I mean, she's, Starfleet out of pilot, did go through the accelerated track, worked her way up from the bottom, also has a famous fucking first last name. Thank you very fucking much. And mm-hmm. she's
0: sitting at helm two years into this thing. And, and special counselor is like the cushiest position possible, right? Yeah, like You what don't have it, any of the responsibility exactly. of making the actual decision. You just get to say, I think we should do this. Exactly. You don't have to push any buttons. You're not at risk here.
1: But I don't know, it does also make a lot of sense that Seven would want him as that because, like, I'm sure that appeals to her ranger background, you know, the Fenris ranger background that he's been off in the hinterlands sure. with his bomb, running guns and medical supplies. and But also you don't want this and...
0: fast track Nepo baby sitting at a mission critical station oh, either, right? <laughs> like, he's, I, like I, yeah, these everyone on the bo- everyone
1: on the ship has to hate him. Uh huh
0: and imagine how much they would hate him if like he's fumbling his untrained fingers across the weapons console as they're right. trying to fight off Romulans or some shit
1: yeah so I guess this is where he can do the least amount of damage but yeah, <laughs> yeah. it seems
0: seems bullshit uh, Seven gets the opportunity to choose her captain's catchphrase but we don't know what she chooses is there something in Voyager history that I don't know about that should tell me what she's about to say I don't I, I, it's, I don't know I don't know. Oh, I wish I I wish this series continues to make me wish I was more familiar with Voyager. It's uh Wubba dubba wubwub wub or something.
1: Yeah, I like doo. to think
0: she chose resistance is futile as her catchphrase, as an ironic that joke. That
1: would be fucking hilarious. <laughs> Set course to the g- gamma system, resistance is futile. Uh-huh. <laughs> you can't <laughs> defy my orders. Yeah, I like it. <laughs> Or maybe just Neelix
0: sucks. I don't know. <laughs> Something. <laughs> True words never spoken. All right, so we get to the denouement here with the Enterprise crew hanging out at the bar. The night comes to a close, but Picard gets one final toast. He chooses Shakespeare, and they decide not to call it a night. Instead, play a game of poker, and Picard takes the pot. It's a lot of pots, but he takes the big one.
1: Yeah, it's funny. There's a lot. I mean, I I do I. <sighs> How hard is it get Whoopi Goldberg out for an afternoon of filming? Because that would have really hit the spot. Yeah. Because I almost believed that it when it's like side so, guidance side, I was like, if they had cut to just have Whoopi Goldberg kind of doing the guidance side eye, as she's uh-huh. pouring like the last bottle of blood wine and kind of tapping her wrist. That would have been fucking perfect. That
0: would have hit. That would have hit the spot. Right, doing last call, and then they all just kind of laugh at her.
1: <laughs> like, and then she gets her fucking up, shotgun and her space gun out it's like I wasn't fucking kidding racks uh-huh. a phaser around into it starts laying that Worf's got an exorb blast with his body <laughs> Jesus
0: <laughs> yeah I guess I don't know maybe she wanted too much money maybe she just wasn't available for an afternoon I, who knows
1: and it's cool but seeing yeah, it's a shame. Patrick Stewart like like one of like, this is like one of his last lines and he's quoting Shakespeare you know his royal Shakespeare uh-huh. guy as a Shakespearean uh, actor
0: it's cool uh, you know, telling his crew to seize the opportunities as they come along the sail think.
1: on the tides of fortune. And then he's like, and on that note, he whips out a card deck and it's like, of course, they're going to play poker because they're that's another yep. thing that they're doing honoring all good things. The character mm-hmm. development that he did was like, you know what? I don't need to keep my closest advisors and confidants of my bridge crew at arm's length. I can let them into the inner circle. I can join them for their poker games. Yeah. And uh, it's it's honoring that. And like I said, I think all this is just improvised. Uh, they might actually Probably, be yeah. drinking. Because uh, uh-huh.
3: Michael Dorn's
1: line reading of, I just want to fold, okay? seemed seems like <laughs>
3: slam. Yeah. It
1: might not have even been in character. <laughs> yeah.
0: Perhaps today is a good day to fold.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's a fine day to fold with dishonor
0: and slink to my quarters in shame. Uh. Yeah. Uh, And then there's this one final post-credits sequence where we see Jack unpacking on the Titan and Q appears to him and tells him that he has much ahead of him. Jack's trial is just beginning. Yeah.
1: Oh, the trial of humanity was over, but not your trial for humanity. And Okay. Yeah.
0: And this is where I assume they're going to do a show with the Titan crew. Um, Because... why do this if not why you no, it it's like perfect moment at the poker table
1: I-, I read an interview like three weeks ago where it's like clear that the showrunners are hungry to do this like i think it's called star trek legacy um okay. Okay. that's going to have like the remnants of all the crews from the other big series and you know just constant guests i mean that sounds like a lot of fun if you have like you got seven of nine you got jordy's kids and you got jack crusher and you got Rafi. That's a pretty good, that's a pretty good crew. And then you could just have like guest stars of the week. You bring get Michael Dorn back to do something mm-hmm. with Rafi. You get Beverly stopping by to check on Jack. Like I I I would probably watch a lot of seasons of that, assuming it's it's good or funny.
0: Sure, sure. Yeah, I don't know. We'll see. Uh, but that's it, man. That's it for Star Trek Picard. Did we talk did we talk about this did, did that they did
1: actually get Alice Creage back for the voice of the Borg Queen if not her body? I can't remember if we talked about it in the podcast or before. I, I know. I was excited to see that cuz I speculated last mm-hmm. week and she was the last very special guest star of the episode lending her voice. She's got I think she is the definitive Borg Queen. I love mm-hmm. how silky smooth her voice is. Um I it wouldn't have been beyond the pale to have her up there in the Borg Queen makeup, but I guess why. She'll yeah, be buried seems... under 70 because this woman, she, she's getting older. And, you know, why yeah, bury under 70 pounds body. of latex to, when you just want her voice? Mm-hmm. But yeah, uh, there might be continuing voyages with this crew. I would not be opposed. We'll see. Is that it? Are we done? I think so. We've got one more episode where we're going to crack open a mailbag, see what everybody thought of this season, uh, maybe review some hilarious predictions. Uh, that, that that were either failed or came true. might be some internet points at stake. Uh, if you'd like to get on that, we're going to have a, a series wrap-up party next week. Picardofballboob.com. I do apologize for not getting to the feedback. It's just... Um, Picard was something I don't even know we could have done in this season without screeners and was mm-hmm. always re-recording weeks in advance and we always intended to like do some feedback. But like also, we just talked so much about this show. We're going an hour 45 because... We fucking love it so much. Um, so I hope you guys give us a pass on that, but we will uh, crack that open next week uh, for the the, the series wrap-up. Picardabaldmove.com is where you want to send that in. If you'd like to know what's next with Bald Move, I highly uh, I highly suggest subscribing to twitter.com slash move. Uh, also, if you want to get everything that Bald Move does, because we do so many shows, we got like 70 different podcasts, uh, you can subscribe to Bald Move Pulp or Bald Move Prestige depending on whether you're looking for sci-fi fantasy fun or more award-winning prestige drama. And we divide everything that Bald Move does into those two categories. So if you want to make sure you don't miss anything, right now we're doing Yellow Jackets, a, a great little puzzle box show on uh, on Showtime. We're also covering The Mandalorian, which is a lot of fun, over on Disney+. Plus. Uh, we'll be doing... Uh, found the, the new season of Foundation we're going to be doing the second season of Severance there's a lot of really cool shows going we'll to be checking out uh, Mrs. Davis in a couple of weeks over on our uh, premium podcast a lot of stuff coming up for Bald Move uh, you can follow it all at twitter.com and of course if you've been tagging along with us for a while if you've been on a long voyage with us and you want to make sure that our delithium crystal stays matricized, it doesn't de It doesn't decrystallize. That's what it is. That's a term. You can't have your dilithium crystal decrystallize. How are you going to then tune the delithium
0: goo? How yeah.
1: are you going to tune the matter antimatter beam before it goes into the reaction core if you don't have your dilithium crystals crystallized? Mm-hmm. Uh, that's at stake with support.bulbmove.com. We are constantly on the verge of decrystallization. And our nacelles is just falling off. Mm-hmm. Falling off. We don't we don't have the special Grease Monkey Bay where you can just reattach them. Lickety Smith. They just they fall off and it's it's done. It's
0: dead. Yeah, and if Lithium leaks out your deflector dish, it's it's a bad look.
1: And bad every look. other week we got a Rolaren equivalent trying to fly a shuttlecraft into it. It's it's a shit show. It's honestly mm-hmm. a shit show. We could use your help at support.ball uh, and it's not just it's not just keeping us flying until you get a lot of extra stuff. Bonus audio content, bonus video content, ad free feeds. It's, it's a hoot. thatballmove.com. Thank you for listening to us all season long. We'll be back for a final wrap up episode next week. Until then, I'm Aaron. And I'm Jim. See ya.